you know, we live in the Midwest here. There could be a blizzard. You get stranded. Yeah. It happened on Lakeshore Drive. It was all like, over the newspaper. That wonderful ice storm. Yes, exa- uh, that too. Yeah. That's yeah, me chatting with a cab driver, actually a ride-hailing car driver. This driver, Matt, he has an escape plan for those situations. When he finds himself stuck in a situation he doesn't want to be in, he just presses a button in his car, a special Bosch button. Today we'll explore a new Bosch system, the Ride Care Companion. From know-how to wow, the Bosch Global Podcast. Jeff, have you ever hitchhiked? For liability (laughs) reasons, I'm going to say no. What about you? Liability or not, I have never hitchhiked. I think I'm just too much of a sissy to be able to do this. I would want to have to write everybody's like ID number on my arm just to (laughs) make. Maybe that's the issue, Jeff. Maybe that's the issue. (laughs) Oh, come on. Where's your faith in humanity? It's there, but I have faith in my caution as well. (laughs) It's called gut feeling. (laughs) Fair enough. But um, I suppose most people can probably relate to the fact that it can feel a little uneasy to share a car with a stranger, which is something that in recent years has become much more common. Quite the opposite of about 10 years ago, when if you told your parents you were about to get in the car with a stranger you met on the internet, they would think you were insane. And now it's normal because of these ride-hailing apps. So instead of a licensed taxi driver and a yellow cab, you're picked up by someone driving their own personal vehicle. Now, maybe a professional driver, maybe some random guy who just started driving as a side gig. Also, in some apps, multiple parties of passengers can share part of the ride. So not only would you be driven around by a stranger, you'd actually share the backseat with other strangers. Well, you know what they say, stranger danger. (laughs) Uh, Now, I think stranger danger is kind of getting overemphasized sometimes. Uh, I I hope we're not afraid of strangers by default. I I think it's still nice to meet new people. (laughs) I agree with that as well, but I choose which scenarios or which settings it's in. Um, And the most likely scenario is probably that everybody keeps to themselves and has their earbuds plugged in. Of course, ideally, they're listening to the smash hit podcast from Know How to Wow. (laughs) Of course, I wouldn't have thought that they would be listening to anything else. However, I do think some of that uneasy, maybe feeling of strangeness can remain. Mm Mm-hmm. I felt maybe a little bit icky in some of the moments, yeah. This is Sarah Untendorf. Especially when you're traveling and you're new to the region. Yeah, I think there are situations also where as a woman you might Mm -hmm. feel icky at some situations. Sarah is a Bosch engineer who has worked on a brand new product that is made to take some of that ickiness away for both the driver and the passengers. It's called RideCare Companion. It's a companion device for drivers. I'm so glad, by the way, that we're taking this not only from a perspective, you know, the stranger danger from the passenger perspective, but also from the driver perspective, because you never think about that as a user, let's say. Um, But coming back to the topic, I know smart devices, but what exactly is a companion device? Uh, I think I've never heard that term. You know, when I picture it, it sounds like it's sitting in the passenger seat, like some kind of guardian angel. Well, I have to say it is a little bit like that. Except that it doesn't sit on the passenger seat, but it is mounted on the windshield. And I'd say it's definitely a step up from a typical smart device. 
For sure, it has some smart algorithms, but there's also a very human component to it. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's start at the beginning. So the starting point was really to develop a camera that enhances the safety of the drivers. So if I'm listening to Sarah, I'm picturing a dash cam? A dash cam, but better. You see, dash cams are pointed outwards. They record what's happening in front of the car or around the car. The ride care companion is monitoring the inside of the car as well. We have that focus here on the interior and of the exterior view as well. And that was basically one of the first concepts that we had here. Develop something that's really improving the everyday's life and the safety of the people using those services or offering those kind of services. Okay, so we're talking about two cameras instead of one. What else? There must be some sensors involved or maybe a little bit more exciting, some AI or... Well, actually... All the above. Yeah. There's a lot packed into this little device. And first, there are AI algorithms that are checking the camera image. We want to increase the safety of the drivers. So we always have to make sure that the interior is visible and situation that might occur in the vehicle as well. The first check is made by observing if the camera is obstructed. They notify the driver if too many pixels of the camera image are occluded. Maybe someone unintentionally shifted the camera or put something in front of it. We also have microphones in it. And also there we have, similar to the camera health check, a health check in it that detects if the microphones, for example, are blocked. So also making sure that we always can sense the interior correctly. Preventing user errors and ensuring that it's operating as intended. Pretty smart. It is indeed. And now for the non-audiovisual sensors. Sarah and the team are doing something even smarter with those. They're packaged as something called an IMU. Oh, I know that one. Inertial Measurement Unit. We first talked about them just a couple of months ago in our From Know How to Wow episode about hearables. Those are the sensors that detect movement in all directions. I love it when we can tie the episodes together. <laughs> it's really perfect. So... Anyway, it basically does the same thing, and actually more in the ride care companion. Okay. So detecting if the car is standing, if the car is moving, and using the IMU for detecting if a door has been closed or opened. Those are just the basics of the device. Before we hear more about the things that they can do with those sensors and algorithms, there's one more thing. One little extra device that comes also with the ride care companion. Let me take a guess. Uh, ride care companion's companion? <laughs> sure. Why not? Why not? What it is, is a wireless SOS button. Probably the feature that distinguishes ride care companions the most from regular dash cams. For us, it was clear that we would like to have some kind of yeah, alarm button that is able to call an authority or call someone who can take a look what's happening. So we designed that SOS button that is working with Bluetooth. So you can put it wherever you want inside the vehicle to put it somewhere for the driver so that he can secretly call someone to make sure everything is right in the vehicle. This goes back to what you mentioned, Juko, before about the feeling of security going both ways, not just for mm -hmm. the passengers, but also for the drivers. And I wanted to see what this looks like in practice. So I recently left my car parked at home and took a ride with a ride-hailing service. 
The driver was Matt Goody, and he had the chance to use Ridecare Companion before it came out. He was one of the beta testers. Ooh. One second. Sure, take your time. While I was setting up my recorder, Matt opened his ride-hailing app to start his shift. Oh, I got a $10 tip yesterday. Look at that. So, of course, <laughs> Matt was in a great mood right from the start. <laughs> well, maybe I'll ask this to you at the end of your drive again, but I hope you tipped him well, too. Shuko, come on. You know me better than that. <laughs> Shall we roll along? Sounds great. Let's Thank go. Thank you, Jeff. So we're going to get started with this drive. Traffic's not too bad. No, it actually wasn't so bad. So, dear listeners, as you can see, I'm quite excellent at small talk. Anyway, he had, uh, Matt had a lot more to say about Ridecare Companion than just about traffic. Well, compared to my old camera, I feel a lot more secure. The SOS button was clearly his favorite feature. But I never had a camera where I had a neat little SOS button if I'm getting, um, carjacked or if um, I have a dangerous passenger in the vehicle or if uh, I'm in an accident and I can't reach my phone it got flung to the other side of the truck I feel so much more safer having that SOS button the SOS button where is that located in the car related to right I'm next to my right knee right here on the center column Uh that way if you're in an accident you can still reach it and it's out of sight from passengers they don't see it so it kind of sounds like a silent alarm when he's in a tricky situation he can quietly alert someone without potentially escalating the situation yeah matt wouldn't risk putting himself in any additional danger than by calling for help it can also act as a backup alarm Because in case of robberies, the phone is often taken from the victim also. And the SOS button still allows them to then call for help. But anyway, let's hop on back to Matt's car. But I hope during your time with the testing, you didn't actually have to really use it. Never. Of course. Thank God. I'm sure maybe some of the other participants may have had a reason to hit that button. But fortunately, I did not. That's good to hear. Nonetheless, Jeff, I wonder, what would have happened if you, for example, pressed that button? Would my location get sent somewhere and a few minutes later the police shows up? Um, Actually, much better. Much better than than just something automated. You'd actually get connected to a real human being. Here, actually, I have a phone number for you. Let me just uh, put it into the chat. Have a have a look at that. So wait, you actually want me to call it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um. So I'm dialing, and just FYI, it is an American telephone number. Boston Emergency Center. This is Nicolette. How may I help you today? Oh yeah. Uh, hi, Nicolette. Um, this is Shuko, and this is not an emergency. So I hope I'm not keeping you from responding to real emergencies. Uh, no, you're not. You're not keeping me at all. I've actually stepped away for a few moments to take your call. Yeah, Shuko. So we made sure that you could call Nicolette at this time. Uh, Nicolette, welcome on the show from Know How to Wow. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Nicolette, maybe a, a curiosity question. Where are we reaching you, if I may ask? Uh, yes, I'm located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, how lucky. <laughs> the sun must be <laughs> shining whilst it's cold here. But you said you're at the Bosch Emergency Center. What is that? Are you at a call center? Uh, yes, actually, I am in a call center. I'm the supervisor here for the AMC account, which stands for Automotive Multi-Client Account, where we assist with emergency calls. 
And you're part of a bigger company called Bosch Service Organization, where all kinds of calls are handled. If I were stuck in an elevator, for example, and, and pushed that call button for help, there's a high chance I would be connected to someone at Bosch Service Organization. That is correct. So, Nicolette, we were just talking about the SOS button on Ride Care Companion. If a customer has an emergency in a ride-hailing car and they call you using the Ride Care Companion's SOS button, how would you be able to help? Um, the first thing we do, uh, actually, if the call comes in, we hit a live stream so that we can have that visual. We live stream everything and then we can see what's going on in the vehicle. We'll verify how many people we may see in the vehicle or what they're wearing, things <laughs> of that nature. Right. The SOS button sends a signal to the RideCare companion device itself, which then notifies Nicolette and her team, where they will assess the interior view of the camera in real time and also call the driver's phone. So we have a dash cam turning into a webcam, basically. Yeah. That's actually really smart. Uh, and I guess being able to see what's going on in the car must be a huge help um, for you to figure out how to best assist the driver. Yes, very much so. Um, we can give definitely give more specific details. And also that would help 911 actually advise us, you know, if it's a serious situation, what we should say to them in order to help them. Because, of course, we are not, you know, officially 911. But because we contact them, they can actually relay over and assist us. For listeners outside of the United States, 911 is our emergency number. So when you figure you need to call emergency services, then you give them a detailed description of the situation. If this was an actual emergency call and I were in some sort of situation here, what would you say to me? Well, two different uh, case scenarios. Like if it's a situation where perhaps that it has been a car accident, uh, I would ask the customer who I'm viewing on camera, do you have any pain anywhere? Do you have any specific injuries? Do you smell smoke or gas? If it's another situation where they're probably being, uh, let's say, attacked, that would be a tough one. I would basically try to just advise the customer to say the police are on their way, something to try to help mediate the situation. Definitely staying on the line with the customer as well. Oh, that sounds very nerve-wracking um, and really tough. I mean, I can imagine in worst-case scenarios how things can also look on the other side. But, um, I mean, it's great that you can help people and you must witness a lot of terrible situations. Um, maybe to turn this a little bit around, are there any positive calls as well? Well, we do have good Samaritan calls in some instances. We have friends that may call and say, hey, you know, I see some people in distress on the side of the road or one customer reported there was a vehicle on fire on the side of the road. Apparently there was no one around at that time. So the good Samaritan calls are always wonderful to receive. Um, the lighthearted calls are always, um, they always make you feel good because we're knowing that we're helping public out there with simple things. So. We do get calls that are, you know, that touch the heart. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. And it kind of fits the motto invented for life How about it? <laughs> that we have at Bosch. Absolutely. So really like uh, one of these wow invented for life moments. Wow. Thank you, Nicolette, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Nicolette, thank you also from my side. Have a nice rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for speaking with me today. You enjoy the rest of yours as well. So that's a perfect example of how you'd expect or I'd expect a call center agent to end a call or even have a call at mm -hmm. all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And basically, there you have it. 
That's why the RideCare device is a companion, because it's much more than just a piece of technology. It's there for you when you most need it, and it puts humans front and center. I love that it's not just some recording device that helps you mitigate a situation after the fact, you know, by providing evidence of what happened, for example. It actually helps you navigate the situation as it unfolds. Absolutely. And human support is a key component and certainly something that makes it unique. Mm -hmm. My driver the other day, Matt, who we spoke to, he indeed very much thinks of the device as a companion. And I'm a single dad, so I have my little guy in that back seat sometimes. It's key, that extra security that you have where you're, when you're out on the road, you don't feel like you're alone. It's actually acknowledging that ride hailing is a service provided by humans for humans in a sense, and it's humans interacting with humans and not some machine or robot. Well, not yet. It's interesting that you bring that up because the idea for RideCare actually started with autonomous cars in mind. Uh, think maybe autonomous minivans that drive people around with no human driver involved. Uh, so here's again our engineer, Sarah. We started this project seeing like how can we monitoring the interior of vehicles of autonomous shuttles, but saw already, hey, this is a need that actually people right now with driver-driven vehicles already have. Sarah's background is in autonomous vehicles. And, you know, 10 years ago, when ride-hailing services first emerged as alternatives to taxis, the thinking was that by now, 2023, those cars would already be driverless. And listeners, again, one of the things that Jeff loves the most, we're linking back <laughs> to another episode. It's true. But Continuity is important. <laughs> if you want to know more about why that hasn't happened yet and what makes autonomous vehicles so complex, we've discussed this um, in earlier episodes and we'll link them in the show notes. And when they do become a reality, then you certainly want some sort of smart camera in the vehicle. Yeah, making the system itself autonomous, you remove the authority person of, for example, a bus driver or a ride-hailing driver out of it. And then you don't have anyone actually taking care of what's happening inside the vehicle. And this is also something that we envision, that you need smart algorithms that are able to monitor the interior of the vehicle and maybe notifying an operator or safety operator what is going on inside the vehicle. That might be version two or three or four of the RideCare Companion. The development team realized version one should only be for today's ride-hailing cars. So they started developing a product with those companies in mind that offer ride-hailing. Hang on a second. You're talking about the ride-hailing apps now, not the individual drivers. Yes, exactly. Those were the customers Sarah and the team had in mind at first. Okay. And what I find interesting here is to what extent the product is different depending on who you think of as your customer. Mm -hmm. If the customer were the ride-hailing companies, RideCare would perhaps be less of a companion. Their the approach would have been more to directly communicate with them, so making sure the drivers that operate for those ride-hailing companies always have the latest information if something is happening inside the vehicles concerning the drivers or the riders. And also maybe escalating topics that are happening inside the vehicle, also those kind of companies, um, sharing insurance claims, etc. and so on. Sounds like instead of Nicolette, the SOS button would have connected the driver to the company. And some of the functionalities would focus more on the company's needs than the driver's. 
The understanding of the user journey evolved to recognize that the real need is with the driver. After all, they're the ones that are going to install the device. We took a turn and said, okay, actually the driver is the main customer we will be having and offering him a great experience and offering him functions. This led to some major changes, some of them quite challenging. For example, if the device was sold to the ride-hailing company directly, it would receive data from the company, for instance, about what rides are starting or ending. Now, the ride-care companion has to figure out independently when the ride starts or ends. That's where the sensors and the algorithms really get to shine. Sensors we've used for this kind of detection algorithms is, for example, the IMU, so detecting if the car is standing, if the car is moving, and using the IMU for detecting if a door has been closed or opened. So you can see in the IMU signal the vibration of the doors. You can even differ, is it the front door, is it the back doors, because you, of course, have to also see if it's the driver entering or exiting because he might put a luggage in the trunk, or is it a really passenger entering it and then therefore a new ride. Sounds smart, but why not just use the camera to see if there's another person in the car? Well, that's great thinking, Shuko, and actually they're doing both, combining the IMU signal and some AI analysis of the camera image. Much like with the call center from Bosch Service Organization, they could repurpose and adapt some pre-existing Bosch assets. We have already some functionalities and base algorithms that were developed in our central research department and then further progressed in different products and also used in RightCare here as well. So one example is the Bosch body pose that we use, for example, people counting to see if someone is entering the vehicle or not, where we segment the body of the person and really seeing what is going on inside in the vehicle and what the person is doing. We mentioned earlier, the camera can ring an alert when it's obstructed. In order to do that, it needs to know what it should see, the interior of the car. But teaching a system all the different variances of car interiors can be quite cumbersome. But Sarah somehow got lucky here. And there, of course, you have to train a lot of data showing, okay, this is the vehicle interior, this is the car seat, that's the headrest, that's the person sitting in here. And that was very valuable that we didn't have to start from stretch, but there was already data and annotated and labeled data available for training our algorithms. Let's back up a minute. We were talking about those sensors and AI, among other things, trying to determine whether a new ride has started. Why do they need to know that in the first place? We figured out that, I mean, the usual driver drives around seven to eight hours a day, that this is kind of an overwhelming amount of data that you have. So first, they organize the data that RideCare collects and group it by the individual rides. First and foremost, that's video data, the recordings from the camera. The device cuts the video into chunks and saves each ride as one single video clip. And finally, the shift towards the driver as the customer also meant that they should be in control of those recordings. So, of course, there's an app for that. Of course. We need a driver-centric app where the drivers can see and view what videos are available. So it's rather convenient. He can look it up in the app and then decides which of the videos he would like to have uh, uploaded. Uploaded to an encrypted cloud storage to save them. 
before the camera overwrites the RideCare companion's internal storage, which, by the way, is also encrypted, and it's not removable. So nobody can just come and take out the SD card and access your videos. Meaning data privacy is taken care of as well. Are there any other considerations in that regard? Uh, there are a few. And I think one of the most important is that the device doesn't try to hide. Yeah, the SOS button might be hidden away if the driver chooses to put it somewhere like that, as Matt did. But the ride care companion itself is rather hard to miss. As a passenger, you certainly notice it right away. When I got in Matt's car, it was actually welcoming me with a smile. You mean he was smiling at you? Uh, no. No, the device was smiling at me. It has a big <laughs> LED shape, like a what? smiling mouth, so you know it's there. <laughs> also yeah. from the passenger perspective, you know, as I'm sitting as a passenger right now, you know, it's nice knowing I have this additional layer of security to take care in case anything goes wrong in any sort of way. Absolutely. When it came to passengers, I liked the fact that I was given little stickers to put on my windshield, letting them know, listen, if you enter this vehicle, you're allowing yourself to be recorded. Because it's actually drivers like Matt, who tested the device early on and became such big fans of it, that led to the change in how Sarah and the development team were viewing the product. Some of the drivers actually afterwards requested, even in the early stages, where can they directly buy the features? And that when we realized, okay, maybe the market is actually to directly sell it to the drivers because they want to enhance their safety and actually would like to have it independent of some company and would like to have the independent brand Bosch, I would say, inside their car, making sure that data they collect is actually their data and giving him the feeling, hey, Bosch is a brand that you can trust in terms of data privacy and security. And this is really private data that he has. So Shuko, what do you think? What's the most important privacy feature? Well, I think it's also to have ownership of your own image and ownership of the data that you mm. put into an, an, an app potentially that can be then sold off to somebody else or I don't know what. So I think it's quite nice to know that they can be in control of that data. Definitely. And that's part of the reason for the functionality to just turn it off or maybe even better, just partially turn it off. So there might be situations where we say, hey, the interior should not be monitored because you don't need it because maybe you're driving alone. But of course, you would like to have the dash cam functionality still available. So the exterior camera is still running. So when you're doing a private ride, even when then an accident happens, you still have the footage available. And speaking of accidents, towards the end of our ride, Matt made an excellent point. He believes that the Ride Care Companion also makes rides safer because it kind of reduces the anxiety level of the driver. You have some people, like some of my friends, they don't like driving at night. It might give you more of a security blanket where now you don't mind driving at night so much. Yeah. So it gives you a better comfort level. And when you have a better comfort level behind the wheel, you're going to be a safer driver. So I think it helps in that sense too. Definitely. And I have to say, Matt, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I've really enjoyed this time. And thank you for just a nice ride. Absolutely. And having something like this in place really makes all of us drivers so much more confident behind the wheel that we're going to be okay and that we're going to be safe. So thank you, Baj, for coming up with a security system like this. <laughs> it's very well appreciated Aww. in my line of work. 
So Jeff, I think we definitely have somebody in the running as the biggest Bosch <laughs> fanboy on this show. Absolutely. And and <laughs> we didn't we didn't catch this in the recording, but one of the other questions that Matt asked me was uh, when do I get the next version of Ride, Ride Care? Because he he really truly loves it so much. Um, he doesn't want it just to be in beta. He's ready to rock. So that's, He's ready that's to rock. <laughs> one serious endorsement. Exactly. And that's why I've got Bosch rotors on this Scion. That's right. With Bosch pads because I love Perfect. Bosch products. <laughs> so I'll say it again, even though I know you confirmed it at the beginning of the show, but I hope you tipped him generously. Well, you can certainly hear from the recording that he absolutely earned it. <laughs> but I didn't only include this clip of him just for the fun of it. I think it really shows that it's important that a trusted brand is handling your mm. data. Digital trust is a huge topic. Yep. And we've become kind of used to these big organizations kind of pseudo spying mm -hmm. on us all the time mm -hmm. with these always on microphones and cameras. And I think this device is actually intrinsically different. Yeah, I think it's interesting that we're putting the needs of the customer at the center, as we've learned. Well, thanks for the ride, Jeff. I'm looking forward to seeing RideCare for the first time in a car at some point in the not-so-distant future. They've actually just started production, so it might not be long until one is smiling at you, too. <laughs> and I have to say, this is a very gratifying episode for me because I looked back in some of the records of my old IT security consulting team because this topic seemed very familiar. No, I'm really curious. And it turns out, <laughs> it turns out that in May of 2020, we had a request come in for a security architecture check for this idea out of North America called RideCare. You're joking. I'm not joking. Oh, wow. I, I, I really thought now, now it's interesting because, you know, they, they talked about how the idea kind of went through iterations mm -hmm. and for sure the architecture that we looked at back then was a little bit different than what it is today, but it's actually fascinating. Uh, I think users, um, obviously I can't divulge too much information, <laughs> but, but the, the, background architecture of this system is remarkably oriented around user privacy and data security. It's really cool stuff. And it's so cool to see the whole arc of how this how this idea went from just being an idea mm -hmm. to actually being on the market today. So I'm glad I got to meet Matt through this. And as I said, maybe a camera will be smiling at you too, Shuko. <laughs> I always find it fascinating when you manage to link it to something that you've done in the past. But <laughs> nonetheless, thanks for listening, guys, and talk to you next month. Talk to you guys soon. And in the meantime, you can also hear from my voice avatar. From know-how to wow. The Bosch Global Podcast. Hi, this is Jeff's voice avatar. I want to invite you to join the forthcoming Deep Dive episode. We'll have a closer look at some of the technology behind RideCare Companion. Hop on.